You're listening to Investigation Insiders by Integris Intelligence. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Investigation Insiders. I hope you are all safe and well. Joining me today after a several episode long hiatus is my right-hand woman, Josephine Morrow. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be back here. I couldn't resist having the chance to speak to our guest today. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think most people would pass up the opportunity. So anyone growing up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s like, uh, like me remembers the prominent role that the Italian mafia played during those times. Um, Aside from everyday life, there were many Hollywood movies and shows that um, fed into people's fascination. So today on our show um, is someone who has two monikers that we are all familiar with. Uh, Former special agent of the FBI, Joseph Pistone, also known as Donnie Brasco. How are you, Joe? Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. I'm fine, and thank you for the uh, invite and the pleasure to speak with both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have to say, uh, we've had a lot of amazing guests on the show. Everyone's been amazing. Um, We're grateful and and blessed to have everyone uh, be part of it. But I'd be lying to you, Joe. If I told you that I wasn't exceptionally excited about our conversation. So thank you. Um, So for context, Joe uh, Pistone and I have uh, many friends in common. However, we've actually never even spoken until um, we set up this podcast. Um, And so I just want to give a shout out to uh, our mutual friend and legendary FBI agent, Tom Donlin, who helped us connect. Thank you so much, Tom. Um, so, Joe, our audience consists of current and former law enforcement officials, corporate security executives, human resources professionals, attorneys, etc. cetera. Um, so f- for those that do not know you, can you provide a broad overview of your uh, career? Yeah, I sure can. Uh, I always know I wanted to get into law enforcement. I mean, you know, growing up, uh, even in high school and and college, I knew I wanted to get into uh, law enforcement. And uh, actually, when I was a senior in in college, I took a police exam, uh, passed it. In fact, actually, I came in second uh, and uh, was appointed. But then I found out, well, you know, you have to drop out of college because you got to go to rookie school, you know. <laughs> so my my thought process was, you know, I got one more year to go and I'm still fairly young. Like, why would I drop out, you know? So I finished, I finished college and uh, went into uh, naval intelligence instead, spent a few years there, got working uh with the FBI on various uh, cases, worked with DEA. Back then it was Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. And uh, actually I took the, took the test uh, for both. And uh, uh, the FBI came calling first. Although be honest with you, that was my, you know, that was my wish that, uh, that I could uh, get into the FBI. And uh, I made it and uh, went through uh, New Asia's training. My first office was Jacksonville. Now I was, I was at the time, I think 28. So I was, you know, not, not that much older than some of the, 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 the students, but there were a couple guys that were around my age mm-hmm. and, Growing up, I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, and, you know, I kind of knew knew the streets, grew up in an Italian neighborhood. So, I, you know, I, I knew wise guys. When I say knew wise guys, you know, when you're, you, if you grew up in Jersey, New York, and you grew up in a town like Patterson, there were always, you know, a couple of social clubs around. So, you, and they, you know, you knew who they were. Uh, no, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't. 
fascinated with the mob. You know, they were just guys in the neighborhood, you know. They let you, when you're 15, 16, 17, you're hanging out in the corner, you know. So it's no big deal. Uh, so that was my indoctrination a little bit to, to the mafia uh, growing up. Sure. And uh, in, in, in Jacksonville, I did, at that time, the FBI was not deep into uh, undercover uh, work. As far as long term, we did a lot of short term stuff. You know, when I say short term, by bust. Uh, and, uh, I, I, you know, I worked uh, gambling cases, uh, infiltrated gambling houses, uh, bought uh, stolen uh, articles, commodities, etc. And I got transferred to uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Not much undercover work there, but I did a, a little. And uh, then I got transferred to New York. And uh, after I was on actually the truck hijacking squad, and that's that's where I met uh, Tom Donlin. Uh, <laughs> okay. He was. Uh, I don't know if, if this is the term that they use anymore, but back then they were called clerks. They were. Yeah, you know, young guys that were going to college, I guess, at night and and working in the FBI uh, offices uh, during the daytime. And uh, so that's where I got to meet Tom. And uh, I started doing undercover work. I was on the truck hijacker squad, and I started doing little undercover work uh, around New York. And then I uh, I got a an assignment. Uh, they had a a theft ring, an auto theft ring out of out of Florida, and uh, I was asked if I wanted to uh, attempt to infiltrate that that group, and and I did. And uh, what what this group was doing, they were stealing automobiles up and down the East Coast on on an order basis. You went to them uh, and said, "Look, I want a Mercedes Benz," and they'd give you the color that they wanted and all the goodies in it, and this group would go out to the uh, dealership and hook the car and uh, deliver it to them at a pretty good price. So I was able to infiltrate that group, and I did that for a year and a half. Uh, but I also did, it, it, it's funny, I also did a little side of the cover jobs on the side. Uh, and then I get back to New York, and uh, Tommy knows it. Tommy knows uh, this well. Uh, Guy Barada was our supervisor, an old time New Yorker, uh, and uh on the truck squad and he had a an idea to try to infiltrate uh fences actually that were uh fencing stolen goods for the mob and back then we were losing maybe four or five, maybe more truckloads of high value commodities a day, you know tractor trailer rigs, big rigs. And uh, I had, of course, I'm Italian. Uh, I, knew how to, I knew how to drive 18-wheelers because I drove them while I was in college. Uh, I worked for a company and uh, I drove 18-wheelers while I was uh, in college on uh, summer breaks. So that gave me a leg up. But I was an Italian. And, and uh, that, that's what it was. Sure. It was a, you know, a long, long process. It wasn't just go out there, you know. We we did a lot of background checking, and uh, I got I had rented an apartment in New York and moved out of my residence and uh, set up set up a background uh, for myself. Uh, and uh, I was lucky enough, you know, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't went out in the street one day and walked in and said, Hey, you know, I'm John. And I was a jewel thief. That was my, that was my profession. Right. And I went to, actually, I went to, uh, I went to school to learn about diamonds and precious gems, because if you're going to be a jewel thief, you better know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, after a few months, uh, I got to be pretty, you know, where I could talk to people, I could discuss diamonds and precious gems. And, uh, after maybe five, six months on the street, I finally, uh, and, and the idea was to go into bars and restaurants that we knew 
gangsters hung out in, wise guys hung out in, and to see if I can uh, get in contact with anybody, have discussions with anybody, but I, I didn't. You know, you don't just walk and say, hey, I'm Donnie Brasco, I'm a juice thief, and I know you guys are gangsters, and I'd like to start doing business with you. Uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but after about five or six months, I finally made contact with, with somebody, and it took off from there. Right. Yeah. You know, um, obviously, and, and we'll obviously talk about this as we what we go uh, through the show. Um, you know, um, just by, I guess, way of introduction and for some context, um, uh, both Josephine and I um, have a little bit of a connection to uh, the mafia. So mine was pretty simple. I, I grew up, my immigrant Bangladeshi family settled in Ozone Park in Queens in the early 70s. So as you're uh -huh. aware, the Gambino family had a big presence here. So I had a chance to see uh, many of the characters that are depicted in movies and documentaries, like at a front row seat for that. Needless to say, a lot of stories which we could talk about offline sometime. But Joe, you, you also have some pretty, uh, Josephine, have, have a lot of uh, connectivity as well. Yes, we're going to get confused here with Joe and Josephine. So, um, Yeah, so I grew up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. I'm also Italian, oh, okay. Sicilian, Italian. Um, so obviously that life was around me, as you know. And I think for that reason, I didn't want to work uh, organized crime when I got into the FBI. But sometime around 2002, after a year after 9-11, I was asked to join the uh, Bonanno squad, Bonanno family squad. So I wind up staying... Oh, great. Yeah, Bonanno and Colombo Genovese primarily for the rest of my career. I did a little bit with Lucchese and uh, Gambino as well, but I didn't want to do it. But then I spent the majority of my career working on organized crime LCN cases. It was it was interesting to say the least. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 it is an, it, interesting, and you know, you go back to that is that uh, when I got accepted into the FBI, you know, then they do your background and you know the I don't know how it is now, but the background was like, forget about it. They went, you know, I think they, they went back to uh, whoever delivered you, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> but it was kind of, kind of a holdup. So finally the agent, uh, actually I came in out of Philadelphia and, uh, the agent called me and he said, uh, you have any organized crime connections? I said, oh, not that I know of. <laughs> well, it turns out that like a second or third cousin of my father's was a was a uh, a Colombo, uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, I asked my dad. My father said, "I don't, I, I know he's a cousin, but I, you know, I don't, I know, I don't know him. I don't have any, you know." But uh, that that held up the background a little bit. But uh, you know, it was so far removed. They still hired you. Yeah. No, I, I know the feeling. I had something similar. And even throughout the yeah. career, there were some connections that were a little like, oh, I don't know about this, but yeah. it's all good. It's all clean. As long as they're detached. You know, but what what you see, it, it, it it's funny because, like I said, growing up, you know, you, you, if, if you grow up in that neighborhood, you grow up in that environment, I mean, obviously, you know, keep your mouth shut, you know. Uh, you know, coming from an Italian family of uh, ha hanging out, it's, you know, you don't get involved. You know, right. if, if, uh, if, if you don't have anything to do with it, keep your nose out of it. And I think that's helped me a lot in, in my undercover work because I never tried to pry to gain mm -hmm. information. In other words, I just let it come natural, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I knew you don't, you don't, but into people's conversations if you don't have any if you don't have a dog in that conversation so that that helped me out a lot and uh what what you see in the neighborhood you know what what you see is you see these guys have money nice clothes cars but you don't see the violence that goes on you know yeah and uh once a, once i infiltrated and, and got in then then you say whoa you know i mean Everybody knows about the violence, but it's different when you're when you're that close to it. Uh, so 
it's uh, and look that's how they that's how they stayed in business so long by fear and intimidation there's no doubt about it you know well that was one of my questions to you like was there any hesitation to work this type of work considering the violence that was there i mean how fearful were you were were you on a day-to-day basis well yeah once you know once you get close to these guys and because you know the thing is is that if 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 they suspect something you know, they're really not going to, they don't suspect you as a, as a cop or an agent, but they, they suspect you as an informant. And, you know, there's no hesitation in whacking an informant. They're not going to, they're not going to, you know, bring you to trial. You know, they're going to sit you down. And like, you know, I had three sit downs over me uh, only because one of the guys in the Bananos, like actually the guy that, that introduced me, uh, Tony Mira was a, uh, a Bonanno, Bonanno guy. Uh, and, you know, a, a long, long story. Uh, he went away to jail, got out. And he was jealous because now I'm with it. I'm with Lefty Ruggiero. I'm close to, I'm close to, uh, Sonny Black, who was a top capo. Uh, and he thinks I'm making all kind of money, and, and and his thing was, well, you know, I brought Donnie around, I introduced him around, so I should be getting that money. And he brought, you know, he brought up three sit downs uh, that I stole money. That he said we did a big drug deal, and oh. uh, you know, what sit, you know, what sit downs are, you know, if you lose a sit down like that, because that's one of the rules of the family, you don't steal money from the family. That's mm-hmm. a killable offense, you know. Right. <laughs> but I was lucky enough that the Sonny Black won all three sit downs. Uh, and, you know, there, there's no appeals, you know, hey, you lose a sit down in that situation, you're, you're dead, you know. Hmm. So you're always, you're always careful in and, 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 and your conversations. Uh, but, you know, you can't be, look, you can't be afraid because, you know, fear is, these, these guys got good BS detectors and, you know, you can show, if you show fear, then it's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Uh, so you just have to be, you know, you just have to be on your, on your toes every Every, every day, every minute, every conversation, you know, you got to weigh your conversations and weigh who you're, who you're discussing things with. Uh, and again, I think it goes back to, you know, my growing up in, 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 in that environment is that I knew when to walk away from a conversation. So it wasn't like, well, why is Donnie interested in this conversation? You know, right. he's got nothing to do with it. So I know enough to get up and walk away. And, and, you know, that, 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 that puts a little notch in your in your credibility with them because although they might not say it, you know they realize that uh, you know this kid's got some street smarts, you know, and he knows enough to you know. And and a lot of times uh, when I did get up and walk away, several times they said, "Donnie, where are you going?" I said, "Well, you know, I don't have I don't have anything to add to this conversation, and and I don't I'm not involved in it, so why would I want to you know be in on it?" You know, so that it, it just builds up your credibility. And I think, like I say, you know, growing up in the environment helped me out a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to jump in here um, and and just if you could, Joe, um, kind of walk us through like, you know, again, uh, to the extent that you want. Our, our show is called Investigation Insiders. Right. So we try mm-hmm. to peel back the layers and talk about things that maybe are not widely known. Maybe you could just walk our audience. It's, you know, it's shocking to me, especially leading up to this episode, how many people, well, it's not shocking to me how many people know about you and the investigation and everything like that. But there's a lot of people that that don't know, which is, again, surprise. And that's just a generation thing. But can you walk us through like again, how you got in the first few days, what happened and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, is that when if you're gonna if you're gonna undertake uh, an undercover situation, undercover role, and uh, you know, I do a lot of instructing, and it, it's it it always amazes me that the undercover doesn't know anything about their 
their tarts, you know, there's, it, 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 hey, you know, uh, there's Joe Bag of Donuts and we want you to get close to Joe Bag of Donuts. Well, I want to know everything about Joe Bag of Donuts. The same thing, I want to know everything about my, my target group because it'll help me or you know, help the undercover to infiltrate. But more importantly, it'll keep you alive mm-hmm. once you've infiltrated. So if it's an organization, you should know everything about the organization. You know, you know, first of all, know what violations they're involved in, uh, because that'll help you with your conversation, because you know how to, you know, steer conversation, because what are you trying to do? You're trying to elicit, you know, evidence, information, uh, for an indictment, arrest, and, 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 and trial. And then, then what I want to know is how violent are they? Uh, and who, who, who are they violent against? You know, who do they take their violence out on? Uh, <clears throat> how do they operate day to day? Is there a pecking order within, within the group? Is there a pecking order within the group? Uh, do they have rules? And every, every criminal organization has rules. Now you take the mafia, they have rules. And, they have a dress code, <laughs> whether you believe it or not. I mean, I had a thick mustache. And then once I got, you know, once I infiltrated and, and got accepted, they told me, you got to shave your mustache. <laughs> we don't want any, we don't want any facial hair, no beards. You know, this was back in the day, we, we, you know, and, and we don't want long hair. We want you to dress neat. You know, you don't have to wear a suit and tie, but we, you know, we want you to look neat. I mean, that was stuff told to me. And then, you know, they, they, some of the rules. <clears throat> uh, and, and for an undercover, you should know these rules, uh, again, to help you infiltrate and, and to keep you alive. Uh, you have to show respect to everybody in the, within, the, the, within the group. That's one thing. Uh, <clears throat> A made guy. Now, a, a, you know, a made guy is somebody that's been officially inducted into a mafia family. If I get into a verbal confrontation with him, I cannot insult him in front of other people. Good thing to know, because you're always going to get into verbal conversa- confrontations with people. You know, it's not a kumbaya world. Everybody doesn't like everybody. So that's that's a good thing to know. <clears throat> A thing that'll get you killed, if you're in this verbal confrontation and say the wise guy, made guy gives you a slap, you can't lay your hands on You cannot lay your hands on a made guy. That'll get you killed. And, you know, who's going to take a slap from somebody and not push back? You can't steal money from a family. That'll get you killed. Uh you can't you can't fool around with a made guy, wife, girlfriend, or daughter. That'll get you killed. Oh yeah, I mean, that's a know, long list. It, it, yeah, <laughs> and like I say, you know, but yeah, look, you're gonna get into verbal conversations, conversations. So, but you've got to stand up for yourself because what are the things you have to maintain? You got to maintain your credibility and respect. If you lose either one of those, you're done. You're done. Yeah. So in a, in a verbal conversation, you've got to push, but you can't insult the guy. But you have to show that, you know, that you're not going to back down. And then if somebody gives you a slap, which, you know, which happened to me several times, <clears throat> You just got to come back verbally, but you, you know, you're on that thin line. Yeah. You got to show them that you're not going to take it, but you can't embarrass them. And if you lay your hands on them, then, then you're dead. Uh, so I find that, you know, when I teach these classes, these undercover cover schools, that most undercovers, they don't know, they don't know anything about, about who they're trying to infiltrate or, you know, it's say, hey, you know, we want you to get next to Joe Bag of Donuts. Well, I want to know everything about Joe Bag of Donuts. Right. You know, uh, or as I say, 
the organization. And, and, and also, you know, during the only time I carried a gun during this operation was when Sonny Black gave me one because there was a shooting war going on. That's another thing too, you know, the people that you're targeting, do they go armed every day? The mob guys know that they don't walk around, you know, like you see in the movies with mm. shoulder holsters. And the only time they have a, a weapon is, is when they're going to go, you know, whack somebody, kill somebody. So these are all things that, that, that before you, you go out and actually initiate your operation that the undercover should know. No. And it, it took a, you know, this is a long, you were in there a long time. So I'm just wondering, like, the build up to get you to that close to that point, like, how much research, not just research, but on the street, sitting around waiting for someone to introduce you or, or, or making that connection. I mean, how long could no, that have gone been, on? It, it took like, it took a little over five months. Just to, you know, just to get I, to familiar with people? Yeah, I mean, it, it came with a bartender, <clears throat> you know, going in this place and just, you know, uh, and, you know, like I said, you don't you don't fool around with the wise guy's wife, girlfriend or daughter. Yeah. And uh, I was in this uh, the one place I went to and actually it was uh, these wise guys would come in there once a week with their with their uh, girlfriends and have dinner. And uh, uh, one night I go in and everybody's there, but one guy isn't, but, but the girl he was with was there. And I'm sitting at the bar and, and she goes to the ladies' room and, and she comes back from the ladies' room and uh, she stops and says hello. And I just say hello. And she goes back to the table. So the first thing I do, this is like I say, know your enemy, know your enemy know everything about it so the first thing i do is i call the bartender over and uh uh i say to the bartender i just want to let you know i, I want to go on record that's a mob term mm -hmm. i didn't ask that i didn't ask that young lady to uh to stop and talk to me i didn't initiate that and he just nods his head and goes about his business now, I never had conversation with this guy other than what do you want to eat and what do you want to drink? Right. Now, this happens like three or four times, and each time I call him over and say, I want to go on record. And, you know, and each, converse, each, converse, each time, you know, it got into a conversation, uh, but I, I always called him over. And then finally, after about the fourth or fifth time, he says, look, if you want to talk to her, you know, you can. Her boyfriend went bye bye. Well, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take that to mean he went to Disneyland. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he went bye bye. But I said no. I, I I have no interest in her. So now, what does the guy know? He knows like he knows I'm a street guy. I got street smarts because I I know enough to, you know, yeah, to, to go on a record. Yeah. So that's finally. He, one and finally one night I come in and when I'm ordering he introduces himself he says uh, my name is Charlie now I knew his name was Charlie but I was never introduced to him so I never called him by his name mm -hmm. so I said my name is Donnie that's another thing too you know these street guys they don't give you their, their full pedigree right you know it's, it's the first name or just their nicknames <clears throat> so I just say my name is Donnie you know and then at Is least that... we get into the conversation. Now we're, you know, now when I come in, we, you know, he starts talking to me. We talk about sports, you know. And then one night he he asked me if I wanted, to, you know, if I like to gamble. I said yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to an after hours game. When I bang up, do you want to go with me? And I said yeah. So he takes me to an after hours gambling den, and you know, it's all wise guys. Uh, and that's 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 how it started, you know. But Is that, that where like you met five. left? Is that where you met Lefty? No, actually, uh, the first group I got into were the Columbos. Okay. And, and uh, uh, he had he had introduced me to a guy there uh, by the name of Jilly, was a Colombo guy, 
Uh, and after a while, you know, uh, then they start having a conversation with me because I'm with him. And I, I start going out to, uh, to Brooklyn and hanging out with Jilly. And, uh, and then I meet, uh, well, I had met Tony Mirror at the, at the games. Uh, and then I had a problem with two guys in, in Jilly's crew. Uh, I actually got into a physical confrontation. Uh, so I knew I couldn't hang out with those guys anymore. And I was with them for like two, three months. And I, I saddled up to Tony Mira and he brought me downtown to Little Italy. And, you know, he was a Bonanno. And then he introduced me to Ruggiero. And then, uh, Mira goes, goes back to the can. Uh, so now I became close with Ruggiero, with Ruggiero. And that's, Spent the next uh, five and a half years uh, with Ruggiero and and the Bananos. I'd love to delve into that a little bit more. If you can uh, just talk to us a little bit about that psychology of getting close to someone, to 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 Ruggiero, his family, spending holidays with them, and then and then having to put him away. I'm like, how did that? How did you process all that? How did you go through that? <clears throat> well, you know, I. I I, I I always it, it, it work work in these type of undercover there aren't and I don't I don't mean this as patent patent myself in the back but it it takes a, a different mentality to work deep cover long term because you know deep cover is when you leave you know your gun your credentials your badge everything in the office and you're out there by yourself you know. Your only contact is with the bad guys day after day, and not everybody can do that. They're, you know, it's a different mentality. It's a different mental toughness to do that. And my whole thing was, look, this is to me, undercover was just another part of of an investigation. You know, I never, I never looked at myself as a, uh, as a social worker. I was there to gather evidence. If, if, if you, if you breaking the laws there to gather evidence or grab, gather intelligence about your organization. And, and that was it. I was just doing another, another piece of uh, an investigation. Uh, and my whole outlook was you were, you were a gangster before I got there. You're a gangster when I'm with you. And you're probably going to be a gangster when I put you in, not when I, but you know, when we put you in jail or when you get out of jail. Right. Uh, and I got, and like I said, I got, <clears throat> I got close to these individuals. I got close to Lefty. I got close to Sonny. I got close to, you know, a lot of these guys. I, in fact, I was a, stood in as best man at Lefty's uh, second wedding down at the city hall. Uh, you know, spent time at his, uh, with him at, at his house. Uh, uh, knew his kids, uh, you know. Uh, spent time with Sonny, would sleep over Sonny's apartment with him. But, you know, like I say, to me, it, it, it was like, look, you know, and I got, I got close to, to those guys, but not close enough that, that I didn't re re remember who they were. I mean, you know, uh, don't forget these guys that killed people, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, uh, they were just out, you know, uh, being, being thieves and everything, they were they were stone cold killers, and and I knew and I knew that uh, if they you know if they had any inkling that I was an informant or something, they would kill me. So uh, and I look <clears throat> after the operation was over, uh, they killed Sonny Black, uh, they killed Jilly, uh, Lefty was on his way to get killed. Uh, but the surveillance team snatched him off the street because they picked up on a wire that uh, when he got to the when they got to the location they were going to kill him. Tony Mira got killed. Uh, <clears throat> he's the only one that didn't bother me that he got killed because <laughs> he was he was uh, the guy was the meanest guy I ever met. You know he was just <laughs> he was just just mean. Uh, did I want to see the other guys get killed? No, no. Uh, you know, if my job was to gather evidence that hopefully put him in jail. Right. Uh, but they, they knew the life. 
You know what I mean? They they knew the life they were in, and the life is is you know is is today the day I I, I go to jail or is today the day I get I get whacked. I mean that's their life, you know, and you know they kill people for for the reasons that I you know that I mentioned that 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 broke some of the rules, uh, and that, you know the people that they kill, you know might have been somebody they grew up with. Might have been a relative, but you know they they got the order, and that's they 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 lived by that you know by that cosa nostra uh, creed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, it didn't bother me that anybody went to jail. Uh, like I say, did I want to see anybody get killed? No, but hey, that's the life they lived. They knew they knew they knew the consequences of their life. Yeah, that's beyond your control. That's for sure. So I rewatched the movie again last night to keep it all fresh, but um, I was just wondering. Like... I never slapped my wife. Remember that. <laughs> okay, that's good <laughs> that, to know. That's a, that, I wanted to know how the... accurate this movie was. <clears throat> put that out over the year. I never slapped my wife. You that, got that, it. You got that, it. That scene was put in by the director. That scene. Uh, that scene caused me caused a lot of. A lot of disturbance on the set that day, uh, and I didn't, I, I didn't cut off that guy's leg with a hacksaw, and I never had three hundred thousand dollars in a bag, ah. and 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 we never, we never went to a psychiatrist, me and my <laughs> wife. <laughs> That's good. These are but all good details. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, but overall, but, were you satisfied with the the movie? How? Yeah, actually, I was, and uh, I was because if you know anything about Hollywood, you know you, you're lucky if they spell your name right, you know, and and once they sign you, they, they kind of discard you. They don't want to hear anything. But mm-hmm. I was lucky that I signed with a good a good uh, company, and uh, the writer Paul Tanagio is a good guy. You know, he spent a lot of time with me and my family. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they, and look, you, you got Johnny Depp and Al Pacino. Come on. I yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> you can do that. And, you know, Jane, J, Jimmy Russo and Mike Madsen and Bruno Kirby. I mean, come on. I mean, the cast. And what you what did you notice about that cast? They weren't the same wise guys that you saw in every mob movie. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 like I say, other, other than, you know, slapping my wife, uh, that that never happened. Um, and like I said, I didn't cut that guy's leg off, and I didn't have three hundred thousand in a bag, uh, and we never saw a psychiatrist. That they, they were pretty. It's it's pretty much on the money. Were you were you actually at the scene when uh, they killed? No, I wasn't. No, uh, no. That that's movie. That's that's. No, I know. I found out later that I was supposed to be on the cleanup crew. Okay. And then at the last, and at the last minute, they canceled me out. Okay. Uh, So. Lucky for you. (laughs) Can you talk to us a little bit about how life was after the uh, assignment? Yeah, after, uh, when the operation was over, uh, actually, the scene where the FBI went and talked Sonny Black and the, and the guys, <clears throat> that that happened, and uh, they didn't believe it. Uh, they thought that the FBI had kidnapped me and was trying to uh, turn me into an informant. Mm. And then finally, you know, Finally, when it, when so many indictments came out, and then they finally realized I wasn't an undercover agent, uh, the commission put a five hundred thousand dollar contract out on me, and that and that basically because they their feeling was that I overstepped the boundaries, uh, in that uh, <clears throat> I spent time with them and their families, and and you know broke bread with them. Uh, in fact. Couple of years, uh, one of the trials, which was like maybe two years after the operation went down, Nikki Marangello, who was 
who was one of the underbosses when I first got in. Uh, I get off the stand and, and I'm walking by the defense table. Now this is like two years later, and I, I had been to we had had several trials already, and I'm walking by the defense table and he says, "Donnie, how could you do this? You you were one of us." <laughs> and I was saying, "This is like two years later, you know." Mm-hmm. We had, and I think a, a, a lot that's lost is that we married. When I say we, I'm talking about the FBI, you know. We were able to marry the Bonato family up with Frank Balistrieri, the mafia family out of out of Milwaukee, mm. through Chicago, do illegal business, and also in this case I was able to marry up the Bonato family with Santo Traficani, the boss of Florida, yeah, which is lo- which is lost a lot in you know how important that was in that you know. Even in the movie, uh, <clears throat> the importance is, isn't really brought out, mm-hmm. and it's it's not you know it's not really in, it's not really brought out how important that was. Here, here we're able to marry up the Bonanno family with two different mafia families to conduct to conduct business. That hasn't happened before, and it hasn't happened since. Sure. So is there anything, looking back now, is there anything different you would have, would do if you had the chance to do it all over again? I probably would have tried to put more people in jail. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, a hundred or so? Is that a... It's, it's the last count with, with all the, with all the trials, it's, it's 240 some. Wow. And we didn't, and you know, we didn't put, you know, street bums in jail. We, you know, and every every major mafia case after ours had information in their indictments from our case. Hmm. Wow. So we were, you know, I mean, our information involved in, in every major mafia in, investigation and case after ours. Oh yeah, I mean even the structure that you put together, seeing the uh, hierarchy yeah. where it started and how that continued, and you know I was working there years later, and just to see the the common names, all the names you've mentioned, even though they were mm-hmm. before my time, it was just interesting to see it all come together, and knowing yeah. that you had a part in identifying them and putting the pieces together with well, the with other the, families as well. We. <clears throat> We identified, you know, some of the, the, the you know, the Sicilians, South Catalano, and, mm-hmm. you know, Caesar Bonaventure, Baldo Amato. I mean, uh, those, in fact, those guys testified against me at the sit downs. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> Man. So. Did you ever, like, fear for your life when you were, um, uh, I, I guess, undercover or? Well, you know, <laughs> Every day, once you once you're in, it, it's not fear for your life. But like I said before, prior, you know, you gotta you got to uh, you, you got to be careful in how you who you talk to and the conversations. You know, I found out the best thing to do is not not to BS anybody. Right. You know, uh, and that's what I did. You know, I I, I always was straightforward in my conversations. Uh, because uh, Ruggiero, Lefty Ruggiero, I mean, he, he could recall conversations that I had with him three years prior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'd say, Donnie, I don't think we, that's not what you told me, you know. <laughs> and <clears throat> so. That's interesting. You know, you know um, so like one thing uh, as you you were talking about it like when you went into the undercover investigation right was there a particular mission was there someone or you know something specific that was your original sort of task or was it just get yourself immersed and let's see what we come up with no actually it was try to infiltrate the fences that were dealing with the mafia all right now you know fences are guys yeah. that uh, 
that middle stolen, you know, stolen uh, commodities or goods. Uh, that that was the that was the initial premise because we didn't know, didn't think we can get back, you know, get that close to the mob, you know. Uh, so, but I was fortunate, lucky enough that bypassed the fences and went and went right to the mob guys, right to the mafia guys. So how much of that was dictated by just how your investigation went or the goal of the, the Bureau? Did they just pretty much let you work your way through it and, and hopefully... Well, you know, pr pretty much work my way through it. You know, you know, back in the day, it was New York and then there was headquarters. <laughs> and yep. New York... Oh, yeah. Listen to New York didn't much listen to Washington. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that didn't change much in recent years either. So, uh, and like I said, Guy Barato, you know, I don't know if you, he was long gone before your time, yeah. Josephine, but uh, uh, Guy was a, you know, he, 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 he was a force in the New York office. Uh, he was a New Yorker, grew up in the Bronx, you know, and, had done undercover work when, you know, when there was no undercover at all. Uh, and so, you know, we just wanted, you know, you know, because undercover operations were on six month uh, extension, not cycles, but, uh, and, you know, I, I was into like the fifth month and not really coming up with anything, but, you know, other than hey, I, you know, I know these guys are here, these guys are here, so we just kept it going, and that's that's how it that's how it went, yeah. And then once you know, once I made that infiltration into the Columbos, and <clears throat> then it was like whoa, you know, yeah. yeah, these are real wise guys. And then then when I got into the Bananos, it was again, you know. You know, this is who I'm hanging out with, and you know, all these names were were known known Bonanno guys, and uh, so that, that's how we kept going. You, you know, to piggyback onto that point, what you just said was there was there an aha moment where you just felt like, man, I you know, I I have something here. I mean, this is this is not what we we got into it for, what we uh, what we expected, but. I, I got something big here. Was there a specific moment that you remember? Well, I think, yeah, when when uh, when I got out uh, to Brooklyn with with Jilly's crew, uh, because he, you know, I mean, he was a made guy, and uh, a couple other guys in his crew were made guys, and you know, you're, you're hanging out now with made guys, you right. know, and and they're discussing. Uh, criminal activity with you. Um, so, yeah, that was, you know, uh, and, the, and then, you know, th then it got more intense once I, w once I left them and start downtown with the Bananos because now I'm down a little Litley, mm -hmm. you know, and then actually Tony mirrored, you know, <clears throat> I hung out with him for a few months uh, which was, I dreaded it because the guy was just, the guy was just mean. He brought me to, 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 to meetings with, uh, capos that were in the, in the Columbos. And, uh, so, uh, it was like, you know, this thing is like now snowballing, you know, uh, so since you have been pulled out of it, obviously, has there ever been a time that you ran into anybody from that life while you were civilian? Well, a couple times. Uh, I, I, one time it was, it was it was funny. I was I was doing a documentary, and we're walking down Little Italy, walking down Mulberry Street, mm -hmm. and I hear. <clears throat> I hear somebody holler, "Hey, Donnie, what the, what are you doing here? Haven't you done enough effing damage down here?" 
Oh, really? Wow. And it was one of the it was one of the Gallo brothers. Okay. So I turned around and said, "Obvious not because I didn't put you in jail." <laughs> <laughs> so, but I give he, you he, credit. He laughed, and you know. But hey, I, I, I don't mean to cut you short, but I got to pick up my granddaughter at ten thirty. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> this, this is this is my. This is my gangster life now. <laughs> Back to family life. It's it's a priority. Absolutely. It's the best. It's the best. You know, uh, Joe, just if you could leave us with, um, and I think we're, we'll be able to sort of wrap it up at that point. If you could leave us with um, sort of, um, you know, for, for those that are doing... Um, undercover work today and will be in the future. If you had to leave with just a couple of pieces of sort of advice for those folks, um, that would be fantastic. Yeah. One is, again, know your enemy. Yeah. Know your enemy. You know, mm -hmm. read the art of war. You know, you got to know your enemy to defeat your enemy. And again, I find that, uh, you know, most undercovers don't. They they they, they don't uh, they don't study their enemy, yeah. um, and don't fall in love with working undercover. Mm -hmm. Just take it as another form of an investigation. Hmm. That's about it. That, well, that that's fantastic. We really, again, we're we're very grateful that that you joined us today, and thank you very much for your time. We'll put. You know your contact information. Joe's written some books. We'll put all that information in the description. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, until next time, maybe we'll we'll do a part two of this. But th thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Joe. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Don't forget to follow us. We are on LinkedIn and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube.